You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 46. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. This episode is sponsored by usualwines.com. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use our discount code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order and try your first glass of wine on us. One thing I really like about Usual Wines is that their wine comes in single-serve portions. Every bottle is 6.3 ounces, so that's basically a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for someone like me whose husband doesn't really enjoy bubbly wine. And so now I can finally just have my glass of bubbly wine and not have to just waste the rest of the bottle. Their wines come from world-class American viticultural areas in California, including Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara. And another thing that I love about Usual Wines is that they are low carb and have zero grams of sugar. I just discovered recently that wine in the U.S. is allowed to have over 60 additives and that sugar is allowed to be added into wine. And sugar is actually an additive that's allowed to be put into wine. But Usual Wines only uses the sugar from the grapes themselves and then they ferment the wine until there's no more sugar left in the wine. So that's how you get a wine with zero grams of sugar. So be sure you go check out Usual Wines at www.usualwines.com and use our promo code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order. Hi, Priscilla. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Most of our listeners are really interested in the topic of entrepreneurship. It seems like almost every single mom that I know has had a you know little side gig in the past or wants to have one or you know just in general I feel like a lot of people that I speak to just are always talking about oh I want to open my own business one day and you have made that a reality so I'm so glad to just hear your story and I know everyone else will just really appreciate hearing it as well so before we dive into your whole uh, entrepreneurship story. Could you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, and also what you did before you started your business? Yeah, so I'm I'm from Southern California. I've lived in Southern California my entire life. We, we did have little spurts where we lived in other states like Texas, Idaho. Um, I don't even know where else. But um, yeah, I mean, I since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to have my own business for many reasons. One of the reasons was freedom. Like I've always wanted to do I've always wanted to be able to do what I wanted. And also like growing up, I saw my mom like having little side businesses and I saw my mom's friends uh they had their own side uh some side businesses and some like super huge official businesses. And I just always always wanted that. So we grew up my sisters and I were raised by my mom, single mom, four sisters. And um, yeah, so I've always wanted to um, kind of like, I don't want to say, but I am saying like, I've always wanted to be the boss, you know, and I've always had like female figures taking care of everything. It was never a male figure in, in our, in my life and my sister's life, you know what I mean? And that's not a, in a negative way. I love men. I love them. And I love fathers and, and, and brothers and all that. But um, I, my example has always been a female. So 
So I've always seen myself as having my own company. So, um, yeah, so I, I grew up here in Southern California and I went to, to a JC for a while, but I realized that I was wasting my money because I'm actually not a great student <laughs> and I, I didn't want to waste any money or time on that anymore. So I started working and I started off at a, I think I, I, it was like Armani Exchange and then I worked at some upholstery company and then I got picked up by a lady who was a broker and she had her own mortgage company and she was amazing. Like she was a fierce businesswoman on top of the world. We had a building on Wilshire. Um, it was great and wonderful and she taught me so many things. And then uh, the economy fell, I think it was 2007. And I went to a tile store and I knew nothing about tile, but I knew that I needed a job. So when the owner of the tile store interviewed me, she asked me what I knew about tile. And I basically, I mean, I probably Googled tile an hour before I got to her store. And I just said whatever I remembered. And I also told her like, look, <laughs> I know, which is bad, but hey, you need a job, you know? So um, I just told her, look, I'm willing to learn everything. I will learn whatever you need me to learn. I will do that. So I, I worked there for 10 years. She was an, she was an Irish Catholic. Um, that played a huge role in me becoming Catholic. And um, I worked for her and I started the little Catholic while I was working there. I started it as, as part time. And, um, and then it just continued to grow really. And then I left that job and then I, I, I committed fully to the little Catholic, I think two years ago. I love how you said that you always wanted to be the boss and always saw yourself as owning your own company. I've, I've heard several people, actually so many people say that, but then they don't actually make that a reality. So I'm just curious what, at what point when you're working for the, the, this wonderful tile lady, I mean, she sounds like an incredible woman. At what point did you just say, Hey, I'm going to start my own business. Was it, was it uh, like, was there some sort of event that happened in your life that kind of kicked you to start it or what made you actually take that step? Because most people don't actually even take that step. Right. I, I think what was pivotal for me was I was basically running that tile store on my own and making my boss a lot of money. And I was still not making any money. So I, um, and you know what, too, like talking to uh, the, the customers that I had at that store, they were wonderful. But of course, sometimes you get some crazy people. And I think getting spoken to by certain people in like a very mean way, those are those are like moments where you really feel like, gosh, I don't want this anymore. You know, like, it's kind of like the end, like towards the end of a relationship where you're like, Oh, my gosh, this is bad, you know. So um, yeah, it was just, I feel like it was a bunch of things like having to deal with some crazy people, not having enough money, and knowing that I can run a business if I wanted to. So, you know, like it was it probably happened within three months to where I told her, I think I told her in December and I was like, Hey, I'm, I can't do this anymore. You know, like the little Catholic is growing and I need to put more time into the thing that is more enjoyable for me. 
and also obviously making me more money so I can do the things that I feel that I am called to do. So <clears throat> I think I may have quit in March. It was March or whenever, but I quit a couple months later and I have never looked back since. And um, I've just been doing it full time every single day. So yeah, I think it was the it was just like a bunch of moments jumbled up into one to where I, I was like sitting in the store and I was like, I can't do this anymore, you know, and feeling frustrated. And I just decided to go full time with the little Catholic and I did. What for anyone listening who doesn't know what the little Catholic is, can you tell everyone about what exactly your business does? So the Little Catholic is an online jewelry store. We sell a bunch of handmade necklaces, bracelets, rings, rosaries, stickers, magnets, earrings, uh, basically everything that is beautiful and <laughs> that's jewelry. And um, yeah, that's what the Little Catholic is. So basically it's an online jewelry store. And did you know anything about jewelry before you got started? I actually didn't. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, just, I just knew what I liked. And um, I knew that um, it was something that was missing in the Catholic world, at least from where I was standing, where I was standing at that exact point when I, during my conversion, you know, so to where I was looking online and looking for stuff. And I didn't see anything that I personally liked and I, I just knew that I just couldn't be the only one and um, it the first idea of the little Catholic was to have a couple of necklaces and but mostly rosaries so my first order was actually a rosary order it was a, a rosary order of a hundred rosaries and what led me to be predominantly necklaces like jewelry was while I was making the 100 rosaries for that customer, I ran out of beads and I couldn't find the beads anywhere. So that led me to, to look around Southern California and I found a medallion guy. And then ever since I found him, I've, I've been able to, to have a bunch of custom made medallions. So I'm grateful for that little, for me running out of beads that for that order of 100 rosaries, because then it wouldn't have led me to have what I have now, basically. So. I like that you didn't know anything about jewelry and just decided to just go for it because that's something that you're interested in, at least from my conversations with other people. And, and when I say conversations, I mean, these aren't people that I really know. I mean, I, you know, early in my career, I went to a lot of business mixers because uh, my undergraduate degree was in business. And so I just remember going to these mixers and basically at least in my business school that I went to for undergrad, everyone wanted to own their own business. And when I would just talk to them, it seemed like a, the biggest stumbling block was maybe perfection. If I had to put it in a single word, it would be perfection that they just felt like they had to do all these, all this research, write a business plan, you know, do run all these financials and, and do everything. Not that, not that all those things aren't good, but, uh, you know, there's the saying that perfect, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And I know here at Mother Good, we're all about not letting perfection get in the way of actually doing something good, whether it's being a mother or running a business or whatnot. Have you ever struggled with perfection or 
like, how did you overcome all that that most people struggle with just to get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm going to start this business, you know? Yeah, I, I, I am always struggling with perfection. When I started The Little Catholic, like I said, I didn't know, <clears throat> I didn't know really anything, but I, um, I just started where I was and that was the best that I could do then. And, and even now, like I'm learning every single day, I'm learning every single day, even with like the positioning of a jump ring, I learned, it took me uh, like three months to figure out that the jump ring should be in a certain shape (laughs) for the necklace to work out, you know, like in gravity, like I just, I've learned a lot of things along the way. And to be honest, perfection never um, I never thought of, I, 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 obviously you want things to be perfect, but at the time, like when I was making my first necklaces, they were, they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> at least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is I was figuring it out. You know, I was new to, to everything, to jewelry making, to, to business. And, um, all I could do was be the best that I could be at that moment. And at that moment, that was my best, you know? I think the part where we were at least myself where I, so yeah, basically I just tried, tried my best at that moment. And that's, that's the best that I could be, you know? And then, um, what I like to do is every time there's a failure, like if there's a customer return, I always say like, Hey, you know, what happened? What did you not like about it? And then that's how you learn. So it's okay if you mess up. And that's what I tell my, um, order fulfillment center she gets like stressed out when she messes up. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, like it's not, nobody's dying. We can fix it. Everything is fixable. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's just how I see things. And, and obviously I have moments where I'm completely overwhelmed. <laughs> just like this morning, I was completely overwhelmed because I have a necklace released tomorrow and I haven't photographed it. I was going to photograph it today but I shipped all the necklaces to the fulfillment center. So yeah, I mean, and that's another thing, like I've never done that before, but I made a mistake, you know, and the, how am I going to resolve it is wait till Tuesday to release it. I I love that point that you brought up that it's okay to make mistakes. It, It does seem like that that's a big fear of many people is just making a mistake. But just as you said that, the vast majority of mistakes are 100% fixable. I, I remember when I worked for a law firm in LA, that was their mentality as well, that they, you know, they didn't care if you made a mistake. Their philosophy was, you know, just, <laughs> it's a little crude, but basically just like, don't F up, which is, you know, don't make a really bad mistake. Uh, that, that basically is irreversible, but those are so far and few between, you know, just as, as you were saying that 99.9% of all mistakes are probably reversible in, in some way, uh, even if it does mean admitting that you made a mistake, you know, and just tell your clients, hey, you know, we're going to have to be delayed and, and release it a few days from there. So now, did you have any mentors along the way? How did you get better in your craft? Because that might be, you know, some moms listening or some women listening might be thinking to themselves, well, great, you know, I started this side gig and I am, maybe they're realizing I am pretty bad at this. How, 
how did you improve? And then also how much time did you give yourself to improve? Because that's another, I feel like that's the second part of the question because is three months reasonable. Should you still continue on a business if you're like one year in and you're still kind of struggling and it's pretty terrible? <laughs> what was your time frame? Well, to be honest, we didn't, we did not start making money till about a year. So I think it was a year, give or take. Um, I, the, Okay, so how I, what I did to try my absolute best to get better was I would always research Google. Google's your best friend. YouTube is your best friend. (laughs) Um, Join groups of uh, fellow artisans like you, or even if you're like a beauty counter person, join groups of beauty counters you can learn or um, make friends with people who know how to do that. I found, uh, obviously, uh, Google, YouTube, and um, artisan groups where I can read, like, hey, what are they doing? Or how are they handling this? Um, I, I feel like those have been very helpful to to look at those and see. And, and also, um, another helpful thing was looking at businesses that are bigger than mine and seeing what, what are they doing, you know? How did they, even with jewelry, like you just zoom in on the picture on the website. Oh, okay. That's how they connected the metal to the chain or that's how they did this. You know, um, I feel like we live in a time where the internet, the internet's amazing. Like obviously there's terrible things, but there's so many great things on there that can make you better and it's free. So I think taking advantage of the internet and finding out what, is going wrong for you and how the other people are doing it. It really is amazing how much you can learn on Google and the internet. It's funny because when I had uh, one of my first summer jobs in law school, I remember some of the other attorneys saying, Oh, I don't know how I could get through my law practice. It was when I worked for the district attorney's office without Google and a phone, because they said there's so many Mm -hmm. moments in the day where they'll Google, you know, what the evidence code is, or they'll Google something. Cause you, it's, it's impossible to remember all of that by memory, unless you've been practicing a long time, you know, so especially for younger attorneys starting off that Google is, is your friend when it comes to, uh, you know, practicing law, especially when you have to be quick on your feet, like a district attorney. So that's, that's such yeah, a good the, point. That was great. Is great. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Have you ever heard of uh, Sarah Blakely? She started Spanx. She's like, no, but I've heard of Spanx. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I Your story just kind of reminds me of hers. She's one of the top 100 in Forbes women in the world. And she basically had the idea of having pantyhose rolled up yeah. on her legs to kind of hold herself in because she wanted, wanted to have a her slacks look better. (laughs) And so she basically just took $5,000 in savings and then basically devoted two years to try to work this out. Uh, And and she obviously didn't have any background in that either. She just had an idea and she went for it and then put in some time too. So it it, kind of reminds me of of your story, just (laughs) trying to, you know, figure it out along the way. And then also that's good to know too, that it took you a year to actually start earning money because I I think that a lot of people give up. 
think that it should be sooner. So. No, I think the key though is is being like persistent and not giving up. You know, obviously if, if you're not if you're not making money, I would say in a year and a half, I would don't give up. Don't you don't have to give up, but just like I would if that were me, I would go back and say, "Hey, what's going on? Let me look and see what I'm doing, you know, to try and fix it." But I, I think um, the best thing you could do is to keep pushing forward. And for a long time, like for myself, I was basically talking to a wall, and no one was responding, and nobody. I would get like one order a month, and I think one time I got two, but the second one was from my cousin, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she probably she probably did it because she felt bad you know so um (laughs) but that's okay the thing is like the the the, for me like the best thing that I ever did was just try you know I could have stayed at my job for another 10 years I would have been miserable and I would have never known if I didn't try you know so that was the big thing is like just try that's it you know Definitely. I, I want to go back to the time frame, just so people listening can kind of get an idea of what your time frame was and working on it part time and then finally going full time with it. So about how many months were you part time working on the business and then still you were full time at your job? Like how how long was that time period from when I started to when I went uh, part time to full time? Is that what you're asking? Uh, yeah, because I know that you you said that you went, you started a little Catholic when you're working for the tile company, and then I know then you scaled back and went part time working at the the tile company, and then you finally went full time working at the tile company. I guess what what was the time frame for each of those milestones? So okay, so I I feel like it may have been a year that I did part time while I was still doing the tile, and then. And you were full-time at the tile yeah. at that time? Yes. I um, started doing the Little Catholic part-time for a couple months. And then I, what led me to want to make the tile job part-time was when I started making more money at the Little Catholic. So I probably did part-time at the tile store, and then I went full-time with the Little Catholic. I, I probably did that for, I think, three months. I believe it was in March when I left. And then I just told my boss, I said, I can no longer, I just can't work here anymore. It's my other job is calling to me, you know, and I have to go. And she's known me for 10 years and she just knew, she's like, I knew that you wouldn't stay here, you know, she just knew it. She's great. Um, And I left and I think that was two years ago now. So you, so you worked uh, one year full-time at the tile company while you're kind of starting up the little Catholic. And then you went part-time for about three months at the tile company. And then, then after that, then you were full-time at the little Catholic. Yeah, but let me just be clear. I worked at the tile store for 10 years. And it was in the last year that I started the little Catholic. And it was in the last year when I became part-time for the tile store and then became full-time for the little Catholic, if that makes sense. But it. it was like within a, a after a, shortly after a year and three months, I quit my tile job and I went full speed with the little Catholic. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew. And I just went with my gut feeling, even though everyone was telling me no, 
everyone's like, no, just keep your job, keep your job. You're crazy, you know? And, and then in my mind, I thought the opposite of them. Like, I can't keep that job. They're crazy. And I need to put more money to where I feel like I'm being called, more money and time to, to be where I'm being called to, you know? Exactly. It is, it is definitely pretty scary to just not have that security of a steady paycheck and then put yourself out there. But again, like every single entrepreneur in the history of the business world has always had to make that or take that risk at some point in order to either succeed or fail. You know, I I really like the story of, I mean, I know it's not necessarily business story, but I, I watched a film about Walt Disney and I forgot the the name of it. Uh, but basically I was surprised that he actually didn't make it as an artist and he went bankrupt at least once, maybe twice. And he was just struggling for so long and his wife believed in him, always thought he was great. And then when he finally got his, you know, started making cartoons for this film company, that's when he finally made it. But I, when I was watching the film, I just thought, you know, what happens if he just gave up within the first year or two or three or whatever, we would have never had Disneyland, all these fantastic Disney films and, and all those sorts of things. And, but you never hear about the struggle and the failure in the beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a a documentary, I believe it's on um, Netflix. I think it's of Michael Jordan to where he was so committed and he worked so hard and and look at him now he's like he's an nba all-star icon you know um because he worked hard right exactly and and then the same with sports too that there's so many different figures that just were terrible or not that great or mediocre and then they worked hard and then they they got better and were successful in that so yeah what advice would you give to anyone listening who is working full time. I know most of our listeners are mothers. So that obviously adds in an extra element because it's juggling kids and, you know, all, all those responsibilities, maybe they're working, maybe they're not. I mean, just having kids alone is, is a full-time job in and of itself to be able to juggle. What advice would you give to someone listening who feels like they have a full plate, but they also feel a tug at their heart that they really have this idea and they want to give it a shot. I mean, first of all, moms are amazing because you guys have, I don't know where you guys get the energy from to to do, to do all the things that you guys do. So I have, um, I have, uh, these nieces that these nieces, I have nieces <laughs> who, um, come to my house often and I'm trying to work and they are like question machines. So I give you guys credit for everything that you guys do. I would say, um, what advice would I give you guys? I would just say, um, set aside, even if it's, if if possible, like 20 minutes a day to work towards what you need to do. Even if it's, uh, let's say you want to start like a headband business or like a t-shirt business for kids. Um, I would say like the first day, make an Instagram, the second day, make an email, you know, like, or at least make three goals a week. And then in like three months, you could already have a business set up, you know? So I would say just like little by little baby steps along the way. And did you ever make a business plan or map it all out financially or Uh, just went for it? 
to be honest with you, no, I didn't. I didn't. I started the little Catholic with one paycheck, which was $1,200. And um, I just kept building blocks from each sale that I got. So no, I didn't make a business plan. I, I sort of have one now in terms of releases, but in terms of like um, any other type of business plan, no, I don't. I am hiring someone, a company. I won't say their name because I haven't hired them officially. But um, if I could start all over again, I think I would probably get some help with having some type of plan. But I didn't and I'm okay, you know, so you don't really need that yet. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I have a family member who owns a successful business as well. And it just seems like a lot of individuals who do start successful businesses don't always have business plans or have everything in order. They just more have an idea in their head and go with that. No, that might be against the grain for a lot of type A type personalities, but... It, it is amazing what you can do if you if you just have a great idea and go with it, even if you don't have all the formalities of a business plan and everything else that goes into forming a business. Yeah, I mean, I tell my nieces all the time when they're scared about something, I just say, just try. Like when you don't try, the chances of you getting it is 0%. But if you try, your chances go all the way up to 50%. Now, I know that, like, for me, like, I kind of laugh when I hear that. But in reality, it's actually true. You know, like, you either try or you don't. If you don't try, you don't get it. If you do try, you might get it. So that's my motto. I love that. <laughs> so I, I know that you're not a biological mother yet. But as you said, you have nieces and you often are, I know, watching them or taking care of them. And you're really involved in their lives. And then also... I'm not sure if you feel any sort of like spiritual motherhood for the women who purchase your jewelry and and whatnot, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. that aspect of, uh, you know, spiritual motherhood and, or just how you're, you feel like your feminine and maternal instincts come out in, in your business and, and uh, in your relationships. I think that I, I feel like I was born to me to be a mom. I don't know if I'll ever be like a, a, a real mom, but I won't use the word real mom. Cause I feel like that's like in a way, like insulting to someone who doesn't have kids, but I don't mean it in that way at all. But I'm just saying like, I would love to have my own kids, but as of right now, I only have nieces and nephews and um, cousins and some of my customers who I've, I've like gr- uh, grown very close to and I consider them my friends. So I feel like I've been given an opportunity right now in this time of my life to be a very good auntie to my nieces and to my nephews and to be there for them. Um, And also with my, the people who follow my page, the people who've always have been following me since the beginning. I mean, they'll reach out to me for stuff and I'll reach out to them for stuff too, as in like prayers or advice. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good position right now like to where I can be like someone's spiritual mom or like kind of like the second mom to my nieces and nephews and and to me I love it I think it's great and I can't even imagine the day that I get to see my own kid you know if that ever comes but whatever happens I'm open to it that's beautiful well thank you so much Priscilla for coming on our show and talking about your entrepreneurship journey and if anyone 
wants to check out your business and your jewelry store, how can they find you and, and look at your, your items, which are beautiful, by the way, I have some myself that I, that I own and wear. Actually, I'm wearing one right now. (laughs) So where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram. It's the little Catholic underscore. You'll see my logo. It's in black and white. And it just says the little Catholic. Same with Facebook and Pinterest. They're all on the same logo. You could also message me on Instagram and I can lead you to my Facebook and my Pinterest and my Twitter. But yeah, it's the little Catholic.com. And that's where you can find me. And my name is Priscilla. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and ask and I'll be more than happy to help you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again. Thanks, Emily.